Well, today, <laughs> I guess my I, I had this message in mind um, uh, a while back, and since we're coming up on Halloween, <laughs> and since um, we and there's been a second time, second person talked to me about um, how that uh, uh, there are witches that are wanting to put a spell on. Kavanaugh and his family and all those things. You know, I thought I would address this in, in, a, in a way that perhaps will help us to understand just who we are and what authority we have. Now, the scripture that I'm going to talk about is Balaam, and uh, it's in, uh, it's in, where is it, Revelation? But it's in, Gen- in Leviticus. Let me see here. I have a couple of things I had before then. Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, there we go, Numbers chapter 22. But I have a couple of things I want to say before we get there. Um, Number one, that whenever we look at this, we never want to lose our joy, okay? We never lose our joy and our peace, okay? Because evil cannot take from us what God has given. Always remember that. Evil can't take what's God's. Evil cannot touch what is God's. Now, the only way that evil can... Now, we have temptations, but God has, in the book of in Job, it talks about uh, the, the devil goes before God and says, I can't, I can't touch Job. You have a hedge about him. Okay? So God had built, a, as it were, a hedge around Job. But see, that's the same thing that's around us. We have this hedge that God, we are his. We're God's. We belong to him. We're his property. And this is his, we are the body of Christ. Okay? Always remember, you belong to God. Then you belong to you. All right? You don't belong to you because we've given ourselves over to Christ. That we are his servant. We are his child. He has created us for a purpose. He has given us life. He breathed into us the breath of life and we became a living soul. We are here and alive to do, to live the, the life that God has for us. Okay? So we ha- all have importance. We all have a place. So it's, it's, we need to make sure all, we, we understand this. And that the joy that we have is not a happiness that, you know, comes and goes with the, it's raining, it's snowing, it's sunshiny, you know, it's 90 degrees, it's 10 below zero. <laughs> you know, that's, Fluctuating Joy is that which resides in our heart and in our spirit. And joy is the sense that God is with me. <laughs> and that he will never... See, the promises that God has given us, he will never leave us, forsake us. We are his forever. So, Halloween. <laughs> um, do you participate in Halloween? Well, it's always a question. I don't think God has a problem with, <clears throat> you know, angels and... <laughs> And what's that little guy with the cowboy thing? Will Yosemite Sam and Woody. You know, Woody, those little characters. I don't think God has a problem with that. And, and I, I think that our, our, we have to watch because evil has a way of just kind of sneaking its way in there because Halloween is, is, is dedicated to that which is evil. Okay? 
Now, I think that, uh, you know, people can take things out of context and go to the extremes, and you have Halloween movies, <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th, the 13th version of it, <laughs> you know, and all. The, and what do they do? They cut people up in their horror, and, you know, and uh, they, they're in the... They're in the in the grove, and there's something going on, so they go to the tool shed where all the saws and stuff are, you know? Let's go hide in the place where there's all these things that people can use to harm us. And, you know, and it's like this fear thing that people want to experience at Halloween. Well, perfect love displaces fear. So, we, we, you know, we don't need to go there. And these, and these um, whomever they may be, uh, witches or whomever that want to place a curse on someone. In our scripture, we're going to find out today that what God has blessed, evil cannot curse. What is blessed by God cannot be replaced by some other attachment from whomever. So we need to remember that evil is destroyed. Now, we just haven't got to that place where they're put in hell forever, but um, if evil, if Satan himself knew what tomorrow was, if he understood the, the, what's in the future, he would have never had Jesus crucified. So evil doesn't understand anything but destructive behavior <laughs> because they, they uh, evil, Satan, demons, fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, they were defeated at the cross. Jesus descended into hell, and there, whenever he was, when he died on the cross, he descended into hell. There he took captivity captive, meaning that the Old Testament saints that were dead, awaiting the coming of Christ, he took captivity captive and led them out of, out of hell. That he defeated death, hell, and the grave. That he, and, and I always love this illustration, Jesus brought the devil to naught, to zero. That means that in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus Christ, the devil became powerless, limp, <laughs> collapsed. And, I, I, and the imagery is as a child dragging a doll around on the floor. That's Christ with the enemy of our soul. Never lose that picture. When evil confronts and evil is this and evil is that, evil is very powerful. Okay? We cannot face evil on our own. You know, you one-on-one with a, a, a devil, demon, fallen angel, you can't, you can't touch them. But you and Jesus, <laughs> the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. When the blood of Christ that was shed upon the cross covers us, now, we have to ask for that. That's not automatic. Jesus, you've forgiven me of sin. Let the blood of Christ wash away my sins. Let your blood cover my life and my children. You know, cover them. And the, in God, I pray your blood to cover Kavanaugh and his family and all those things so that no, evil cannot touch that. Amen. Okay? Got to have that in your head. Evil cannot touch what God has blessed. So when we think that God, the, the enemy has stolen from us, we need to rethink it. Because if I've given that to God, the enemy can't touch it. If God has left it go, then God has a purpose. Now, we don't understand purpose, God's purpose. 
We, all, we, all that we understand is where we're at and God has a plan and he is working that out. And maybe whenever we're standing in heaven and we look back over life, we'll see, oh, that's what, what this was for. <laughs> but it may not happen until then. So we walk in faith, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that we let it go that way. So um, Revelation 22.6, you don't need to go there with that. Uh, I'm looking it up. But these sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Angels, we see, when we sometimes get off focus, we think of demons and for, what about angels? The demons are fallen angels and three quarters of them are locked up in hell. They're chained. <laughs> now, how did they get chained? God put them there. <laughs> and so there are, a, there are a portion of them that, that are a, a, a free to run around and for whatever reason, uh, they, have, they have permission to go about the earth and people are deceived by them. But um, that's giving people the choice. Um, the uh, and Daniel, uh, I forget the chapter, but verse 17. The angel announced this decree: the holy watchman bring his this sentence, so that everyone living will know that the high God rules human kingdoms. He arranges kingdoms affairs however he wishes, and makes leaders out of losers. <laughs> and that's in Daniel, and it was King Nebuchadnezzar talking about his dream. So angels are very real. They are very much a part of us and part of our life. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God, those who love God. So you all have your, your angels. We all have angels. <laughs> okay? We all have angels. Now, we also have the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. We also have Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity. And we also have God the Father because Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Christ and as we are in Christ, Christ is in us. And as Jesus is in the Father, so he is in us. <laughs> so we're all in this together. <laughs> so never lose sight of our joy. Never lose sight of who we are. And never um, think that because evil is out there that we need to be fearful of it because we don't deal with it. God, you deal with it. Now, uh, Michael the Archangel was confronted by Satan himself. And Michael, the archangel, one of the most, if not the most powerful angel in heaven, he confronted Satan and he said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> because Michael, the archangel, with all of his power, didn't say, I rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. And the devil has to step back. Evil has to step back. So in our life, when we think that there is evil, God, Jesus, I pray that you, through me, rebuke evil. Keep it at bay. It, it can't touch you. It can't touch you. The, the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful that the devil can't touch it. Okay? The blood, the, see, the crucifixion of Jesus, he was, for the, he was for sin. And when Jesus died for sin and rose again from the dead, that action went backward in time and everybody of, of the Old Testament that, had, that was covered 
by the blood of the sacrifices and Abraham and the prophets and all them, they all were saved and forgiven and went to heaven. They were in uh, a, like a holding area. Uh, it was, it was uh, what was it called? But anyhow, they were in Abraham's bosom is what it's referred to. And it's not purgatory, and it's, it's just kind of like a holding area waiting for the resurrection. Then the, the cross of Jesus Christ and his power goes forward in time to take in all of us. Okay? So as we confess our sin, it is the work of the cross that comes forward in time that forgives us. And that same blood that was shed in the same power of God that was there when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You see, if, if we understood what was going on when Christ was in, in hell, as it were, as, as if Satan had conquered, okay? So there's this party going on in hell. They finally got rid of God. They have beaten God at his own game. They have won. They have beaten God. <laughs> and then I like the one song. <laughs> they start saying, what's that? <laughs> Shut and lock the gates <laughs> because he's, he's alive. Somebody messed up. He didn't die. He's not dead. He's alive. And everything that was lost for us in the fall, in the garden of Eden, we died spiritually and we died physically. In Christ, we got life spiritually and life physically. We are living testimonies to Christ. We never die. We, we go from this life to the next life. Our body stops functioning, but we, the person, we don't die. So, Balaam is this guy. Now, when you read this text, if you read Numbers 22, you've got to 22, 23, and 24. If you read this, you've got to understand Balaam is this for-profit, what is he, for-profit sorcery. Balaam took his job sincerely, and he wanted to be a good sorcerer. He wanted to be a good... Um, I don't think it's the right word. But anyhow, he wanted to, he, he was one of these guys that dealt in gods, <laughs> all right? And um, we have Balak, B-A-L-A-K, who is the son of Ziphor, and he's the leader of Moab. So we got these, we have Moab, which is the kind of the country, and Balak, who is the king of that country. Um, and, and they, this Moab and the king, there, the king is looking out over the plains, and over the plains are all these Israelites that have been delivered from Egypt. And they are coming, and the guy says, uh, they're, they're basically like a mob out there, a bunch of crows in verse 4 and 5, picking at a carcass. There, there's so many of them, they're just infringing upon our country, and we want to get rid of them but we're afraid because we know what their God did to Egypt and we know how that their God brought them through the Red Sea and we know how their God has kept them and we know if we attack them, we'll be destroyed. So we need to get a hold of their God and get their God to turn against them. Okay? So that's what Balak, 
Balak is trying to do. He's the king of Moab, and he wants to find somebody who can get a hold of the God of Israel and get Israel's God to turn against them so he can go beat them. Okay? So, that's what's going on. So, Balak's emissary, um, a people has come out of Egypt, going on, this is verse 5 and 6, and they were pressing hard on me, come and curse them. So this is the emissary, they're getting their message. We want you to go over and find this guy who is Balaam, and we want you, we want to pay him uh, to curse the Israelites. So they, they're too much for me. Okay, now, the people who want to destroy Christians, okay, can't do it. They try to find someone who has spiritual powers to take them on because Christians are too much for evil. So we've got to find maybe someone who's further up on the ladder of evil. So we'll get witches and all these warlocks and whatever. We'll get, we'll get those people to come against the Christians. They'll be able to curse them. No, you can't. That won't work. So anyhow, Balak is there. He says, maybe then I can beat them. We'll attack and drive them out of the country. You have a reputation, this is Balak, that those you bless stay blessed and those you curse stay cursed. So Balak, you know, he's a, he's a pretty important person of his time. That, uh, and uh, he, was a, he was a for-profit <laughs> a spiritual person, you know. Uh, so let's go on. Oh, I wanted to say also, Matthew 16, I think it's verse 19. What you bind, this is important to us as a Christian, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So whenever we're talking about how, you know, people who have hurt us, you know, and we curse them, I mean, you know, they need to whatever, we are... Actually, um, let's go the opposite way. Whenever we pray for people and we pray that God would influence them for good, that God's spirit would be about them and the, the influencers in their life for evil would, be, would, would uh, not be able to influence them, that the, the blood of Christ would cover them so that the evil influencers that are trying to get their attention away from God, we're praying that they would be covered so that they could have their eyes open to see the truth. So when you bless someone, when you pray a blessing on them, they're blessed. Because what you bless on earth is blessed in heaven. You have that much power because of who you are in Christ. This isn't ours. You know, it isn't like we wake up, man, am I powerful today? (laughs) You know, no, in Christ, all things are possible to those that believe. We are in Christ. We have to remember who we are. Never allow our joy to be taken from us. We don't, we don't live in fear. We live in faith. We live in the promises, knowing that God is at work in our lives. So they go to Balaam and um, the, the leaders of Moab and Midian, they find their way and they, uh, they uh, with a fee for the cursing tucked in safely in their belt, you know, we're going to take all this money over here to, to Balaam and uh, 
We're going to pay him to curse Israel. So, and Balaam says, stay here for the night, and in the morning I'll deliver the answer that God gives me. The Moabite nobles stayed with him. Then God came to Balaam, verse 9. Now, what happens here is God has a message for Moab. Okay? God has a message for the king. And he will use Balaam to get that message to the king. Balaam isn't a prophet for God. He's a guy who is a medium between the God, for all the gods of uh, Moab. You know, and they had a god for everything. And Moloch, the, 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 the uh, god who, you know, he was the guy they would heat up and they would throw their children in and sacrifice their kids and all that stuff, you know. So these, these were evil people. So God had a message for them. And so that's why he allowed Balaam this conversation. So, uh, so I like this one. So Balaam, uh, who are these guys who are here with you? <laughs> As if God doesn't know, you know? So he's, he's got, he's, Balaam, you know, these, these are kind of like the people that Balaam is used to dealing with, the gods, the spirits. They're not gods, they're just spirits in the other realm. And uh, Balaam is aware, Balak, son of Zipho, king of Zoam, sent these messengers and look, the people that came up out of Egypt, they're all over the place. Come and curse them for me. Maybe then I'll be able to attack and drive them out of the country. That's what he, he's telling God this. God's the one who delivered them, you know. Yeah. God delivered them and Balaam's there. Hey, you know, God, these are the guys that came out of Egypt and, you know, it's like he doesn't know who they are. Verse 12, God said to, God said to Balaam, don't go with them and don't curse the others. They are a blessed people. They are blessed people. You, cannot, you can't curse them. <laughs> Remember that. You are a blessed person. No one can curse you. End of story. They may try, but they can't get through. There's numbers of stories, and I'll briefly, this, uh, this one happened in Africa and one happened in Alaska. And these people of spirits of, that are against God, they, they were going to attack the missionary in Africa, and also a preacher in, that was in Alaska. This is different times, different periods of places. It was just two of the same stories that happened in two different places. And the spirit, these people were doing the spirit travel, whatever, and they were going to go and they were going to attack the one in Africa. They had the, the witch doctor had gotten, rallied all the people, and they were going to go kill the, the missionary. So they all got together at night and they're coming to kill the missionary. And when they get there, the whole place is surrounded by soldiers of light. And this, the whole place was lit up like there was a campfire around the whole place. And there were these soldiers and, 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 and the, these witch doctor and all the people who came, came to kill this missionary. They became frightened and went home. <laughs> and the next day, the witch doctor comes to the missionary and says, where are all the people? And the guy says, there's nobody here but me. Oh, no, we were here last night, and there were soldiers all around this place, and we couldn't even get close because of their light, and, their, and we were afraid of them. Where are they at? <laughs> and the missionary told him, that was God. <laughs> Same thing happened in Alaska to you know, that cult up there with you know, whatever, the ancestor of worship. They were going to, that, but that, that's, this is what's going on. God is around us. All right? Oh, okay. 
Well, Balak, he says, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. I can't go there. So um, he won't go with him. But Balak, then sent, uh, Balak B-A-L-A-K, the, the king, he sent another group. They were a higher ranking group and more money. <laughs> you know, they knew uh, Balaam's weakness. <laughs> he was a four higher prophet. All right. So. Um, what else? Oh, so they up the stakes, you know, and we want you to curse these people. So in order, and uh, what else? I would be able to defy the orders of my God to do anything, whether big or little, but come along and stay with me tonight. So Balak, Balaam is telling them, I can't defy God. You know, I, I, I've got a business here to protect. <laughs> you know, I can't defy God, but I can only tell you what he says. And I, whether it's big or little, I can't do it. But you stay the night and we'll see if God changes his mind. All right, so profit for hire, <laughs> um, use sorcery and magic. And we see where he offers all these, sac- they offer sacrifices to Balak and then they offer sacrifices for Balak to the God that he is trying to get a hold of. And um, <laughs> Balaam, this uh, whatever he is, this medium, um, he has the idea that he and God, the, you know, the ones he communicates with, they're about on equal terms. You know, that it's, they're about the same. So, and so whenever he approaches God, um, it's almost like, well, did you change your mind yet? Because <laughs> Balaam was used to changing his mind when the price is right. <laughs> so God came to Balaam that night and said, since these men have come all this way to see you, go ahead and go with them. Make sure you do assemble, you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. So God, now we would think that God has changed his mind. God hasn't changed his mind. He's using Balaam's greed to teach him something about himself and how that Balaam is willing to sell himself out if the price is right. So he already has an answer, but he's not willing for that answer, Okay. So Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went off with the nobleman from, uh, from Moab. As he was going through, God's anger flared. Now, we would, some would read that and say, okay, God changed his mind. No, he didn't. What he did was he knew how Balaam was wa- 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 um, waffling back and forth. And so he's now kind of leaning, well, you know, if the price is right, I can curse these people. <laughs> And God's anger flared. We don't have that little scenario going on, but it had to happen because God was upset with with Balaam. And the angel of God stood on the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by his two servants. And when the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and and banishing a sword, she veered off the road to the ditch and Balaam beat the donkey. (laughs) All right. So here's this angel in front of Balaam. Balaam and his donkey, and the donkey sees the angel. (laughs) Balaam doesn't. So what does he do? He beats the donkey, you know? All right. But as they were going through the vineyard, another one, on the other side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered to the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. And Balaam hit her again. (laughs) You stupid animal. I don't know if you've been around animals, but you everybody call a stupid animal? Uh, and sometimes I've called animals stupid. And uh, I was wondering if they'd ever talk to me what I would do. But anyhow, 
God's angel blocked the way again, a very narrow passage this time, and there was no getting around on the right or the left and seeing the angel Balaam's donkey sat down. <laughs> I'm not going any further. Boom, I'm sitting down right here. And what did he do? Balaam lost his temper and he beat the donkey. <laughs> okay. Then God gave speech to the donkey. Anybody ever spoken to a donkey? And the other thing is, anybody ever have a donkey speak to them? There is a place for people who have donkeys that talk to them. <laughs> but anyhow, the donkey spoke to Balaam. Now, Balaam said, because, and, and, and the donkey said, whatever have I done to you that, that, ha, that, that you have beaten me these three times? In reality, the donkey's basically saying, I've saved your life three times. Why have you beaten me? And when have I ever done this? And so Balaam is so upset, he doesn't even know that the donkey's talking to him. Because you've been playing games with me. I have a sword. If I had a sword, I'd kill you, you stupid animal. <laughs> ah, wait a minute. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusted, worthy donkey on whom you've hidden all these years? And have I ever done anything that this, like this before? Have I? He said, No. Then God helped Balaam see what was going on. Sometimes we get so angry we don't see what's going on. <laughs> and God uses a donkey to get to a person and through his greed to see that what he was doing was wrong. It's like, you know, his eyes are open. And, and the, this eye-opening experience is... You know, something that I think all of us go through at some point or another that's like, uh, it's an aha moment. Like, oh my gosh, that's what this means. Or, oh, wow, I can do this? <laughs> well, uh, God's angel said to him, why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times? I've come here to block your way because you're getting ahead of, who, uh, getting ahead of yourself. Now, what happens, I think, is that Balaam is trying to get there to curse the Israel and get his money and get home. He's changed his mind. God gave him permission to go. That's a green light. I'm going there. I'm cursing them. I'm getting my pot of gold. I'm going to be a rich man and I'm going to be a powerful, influential man. And I'm, I got it going for me. I'm going to get there. And God says, you're getting ahead of yourself. I'm going to put the brakes on. <laughs> All right. Balaam said, uh, Balaam said to God's angel, I have sinned. So Balaam's kind of getting the understanding here that all that he's been doing isn't quite right. And uh, I've sinned. I've, I had no idea that you were standing on the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'll go back. Well, remember, God had a message that he wanted to get to Moab and to Balak. And he was going to use Balaam as that messenger, so he told him to go on. Well, uh, when he got to uh, Moab, Balak, the king, was very upset. I told you to come right away, and you've been waiting too long. Something happened between, you know, him leaving with the messengers to get home and the donkeys sitting on the road. Ba he just kind of pulled back and began to take his time. And it took him a while to get where he was supposed to be. Uh, well, Balaam says, verse 38, I'm here, but I, I, I can't tell you just anything. I can only speak what God gives me. 
So um, they sacrifice animals to, to Balak. They go up to the mountain, verse 41, and they look out over the mountain. It's up, it's kind of one of the versions says it's a treeless area, meaning it's, it's high up in the mountain. And they're looking over the plains where all the children of Israel are there. And these are the guys I want you to curse, okay? So uh, build me seven altars and then uh, seven bulls and seven rams and kill all them and we'll, we'll see what happens, okay? Well, he gets the same message. <laughs> and I like this message. It's in verse um, verse. 6 of the next chapter. Um, Balak led... Okay. Balak led me here from Aram, the king of Moab, all the way from the eastern mountains. Go curse Jacob for me. Go damn Israel. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I damn whom God has not damned? I cannot curse what God has blessed. That's the sermon. He is a sorcerer. He is not a prophet of God. He is a person who's used to dealing with evil. He's a person who's used to, you know, many gods in many places. And he he makes all these sacrifices, part of his rituals, to be able to say, these are the things I need to get in touch with the gods. And G-O-D-S, the small g. And, uh, you know, and, and now he's heard from God, who is the God of Israel. And he says, I can't curse what God has blessed. I can't do it. Well, you think the, the king was ready for that? No. He says, let's go to another place. <laughs> All right. And Balaam, Balaam returned. He says, this is in verse 17 to 24. On your feet, Balak. Listen. Listen carefully, son of Ziphor. God is not a man. One gives to... God is not man. One given to lies. And not a son of man, changing his mind. Does he speak and not do what he says? You see, we being the children of God and under the blood of Jesus Christ, entering into the promises of God that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that the joy of God is becomes our strength, that the peace of God is there because be greater than our understanding, the, that our sins are completely forgiven, our past does not exist, the sins of our past do not exist, so we are a free person going into the future. So these are the things that we are to remember. Does he promise and not come through? I was I was brought here I was brought here to bless and now he's blessed. How can I change that? <laughs> I can't change what God has said. He has no bone to pick with Jacob, meaning God, has no bone to pick with the children of Israel. He sees nothing wrong with them. God is with them. They're with they and they're with him um, shouting praises to their king. God brought them out of Egypt. He is rampaging like a wild ox. No magic spell can bind Jacob. No incantation can hold back Israel. (laughs) People will look at Jacob and Israel and say, what a great thing has God done. Look at the people rising to its feet, stretching like a lion, a king of the beasts, aroused, unsleeping, unresting until its hunt is over and it's eaten and drunk its fill. (laughs) That's not what I paid you to say. Well, and it goes on. And so uh, Balak, the king, what does he do? I think you need to see this country from another perspective. 
And then um, by now Balaam realizes that God wanted to bless Israel so he didn't work in any of his sorcery as he had done before. This is in verse 24, chapter 24, verses 1, 2, and 3. He finally gets it. God has a message. In all of his incantations, all of his sacrifices that he's done, he doesn't need to do because God wants to talk to him about what's going on and going to happen to Balak and Moab. And in the last verses 3 through 9, he tells them about how the God is going to destroy them. So when people really want to, they go all out to destroy and curse, that curse goes back on them (laughs) because it can't stick on God's people. So when we think of evil or whatever presents itself in witches or whatever, they have power, you know, over human. They have no power over Christ. When Christ is in our heart, Christ is in our life, the blood of Jesus Christ covers our lives. Evil cannot touch it. And God has placed a blessing on you long before anyone ever thought of a curse. Because while you were yet in your mother's womb, God knew you. He formed you. There have been prayers over us before we were ever born. There have been prayers for us over our fathers and grandfathers before us and grandmothers before us. They prayed for us. And God's covering has been over our life. And we may have wandered out, but God's covering is over us and he will keep us. And there is a blessing upon our life that God has given us in his promises. And we need to remember that. No evil can touch it. There's a hedge about us. Now, if you want to go play outside the hedge, <laughs> okay, that's, you want to leave the protection of God and say, I don't, you know, run off. God will never leave you, but he will allow you, <laughs> okay? Because he will not force himself upon us. But we always remember, no fear, love, peace, forgiveness, it's all ours. So we stand. I know that was a long one, sorry. (laughs) So don't be afraid, no fear. Joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, here God God will use anyone. He can even use a donkey. So every time you tell me you can't do it, God need to bring a donkey into your life? (laughs) Yeah, remember that? Every time you say you can't do it, there's a donkey waiting for you. You can. Amen. God, thank you. Thank you for the blessings of the day, the favor upon our lives, and Lord, your strength for each day. And just help us, Lord, to have the insight of your spirit in your word. Bless, O Lord, we pray, and continue to guide us, we ask. And Lord, we pray for our our communities. We pray for our, our state, and we pray for our government. We pray, Lord, that you would protect them and cover them. Lord, and even those who are against you, Lord, you have a plan in their life and for their life. And so, Lord, we just pray that you bring your plan to fulfillment. We pray, we pray, O God, your blessing that we might be at peace in ourselves and with all men. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So be it, Lord. (laughs) I like the donkey, yeah.